This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We're going to talk to Tanner Mangum. Coming up momentarily, Frank Dolce is going to be on the show at 4.30. So we'll talk to quarterbacks. We'll cover the Utes and Cougs into things with those two. Doing all right over there? Yes, I am. I am. Did you make yourself a nice sandwich today for lunch? Uh, no, I didn't have a sandwich today. Had one made for you? No, I had a, I had a late breakfast, and uh, I ate uh, breakfast around, I don't know, mid-morning. And that... That, that tied that, you over, right? That did it, yeah. Some avocado toast or whatever it is you hipsters are eating these days? No, it's just plain uh, cereal with cashews and grapes mixed in. You put your own cashews in your cereal? I did. Wow. I've, I've honestly, I, like I, I shouldn't tease, but I've never heard of anybody doing that. I did. And then I used like almond milk or something. Or maybe it was cashew milk. I don't know. What's the matter with uh, good old-fashioned milk? I don't know. I used what was in the You're fridge. You're usually extraordinarily passionate about your dairy. And you're you're bagging on milk now? I, I, you're I, a dairy guy. I feel like you're cheating on ha- milk here. I haven't had moo juice in I don't know how long. Sure you have. You eat like a pound of cheese a day. You know well, what's I mean, in cheese, I, I, right? I'm talking about milk. Hmm. What a silly discussion. Yeah, it sure is. Let's well, who out, brought this up? Let's get out of the Smart Rain special guest line. Best of State Award winner Smart Rain is having an end-of-season sale on their uh, irrigation smart controllers. Save 50% off each smart controller purchased. Offer available to all commercial property zone listeners. Visit smartrain.net to schedule a demo today. Joining us now, former Cougar quarterback. He's our friend Tanner Mangum. What's going on, Tanner? What's up, Jake? How you doing? Uh, I'm doing, uh, I'm doing great. Uh, let, let me bring you on a conversation Gordon and I were having. What do you, uh, what do you read into the win over, uh, South Florida? Is it something to be alarmed about because the defense didn't play all that well in the second half? Or do you think there was a little let up after having a big lead? No, I think it's definitely, it causes concern on the defensive side of the ball, uh, because I think it exposed a lack of depth. Obviously, BYU has suffered a lot of injuries over the past couple weeks, and uh, I think Keenan Peely was missed. Um, you know, Tyler Batty, Nice Amahe, some some key pieces to that defensive uh, front, and, and and it showed. I mean, for the uh, for the BYU offense to only get three possessions in the second half because USS offense. Um, was on the field for so long and BYU defense couldn't get off the field, I, I think that doesn't bode well for some of the future opponents that uh, that the Cougars are going to have to face. So while I think the offense showed uh, some great signs of resilience in dealing with uh, offensive injuries as far as filling in for them, I, you know, I, the offense played really well. But the defense uh, didn't, didn't – uh, as far as you know, showing well, uh, I, I, it was not their best performance, and I think it could be a cause cause for concern moving forward. Tanner, if uh, if a team gets uh, blown up on a big play, uh, I guess I can see that mistakes happen sometimes. But when you see these fourteen play drives going down the field or whatever they were, uh, that seems like it's a little more convincing that something might need to be taken care of there. Do you agree? Exactly. No, 100%. I mean, that, that's why it was so uh, honestly alarming just to, to see these long, sustained drives that, that South Florida put together. Uh, I mean, like I said, BYU's offense only got three possessions in the second half. It was like they – I mean, I, I, I've, I've been in some of those games where you're just sitting on the sideline. Um, for a long time, and, and it totally shifts the momentum. It shifts the uh, the energy and the whole rhythm of the game. It's hard to get in rhythm. It's hard to keep your 
um, the, the momentum going. And, and, and that's, I think I agree with you. That's where it's more of a cause for concern that, that BYU couldn't get off the field. They couldn't get stops, um, couldn't get stops on third down, couldn't get stops on fourth down, uh, in just you know, very long, sustained drives. And you could see it, that the defensive front wasn't creating quite as much pressure. Uh, they weren't stuffing the run like they were before. Uh, the tackling wasn't quite as, sh- as sharp as it had been in, in weeks past. Um, and the uh, the contain on South Florida's quarterback wasn't nearly as effective as it had been the week prior against an also mobile quarterback uh, from Arizona State. Um, you know, he, this the South Florida quarterback was just running all over him, uh, running around him, and uh, you could just tell that the uh, the depth is, isn't quite – uh, where it needs to be, and and I think you kind of if you take a step back and you look at the big picture here, that's something that that's kind of the next step that BYU is going to really have to address when it comes to joining the Big 12, because injuries are going to happen every year. They always do, and so it's a matter of depth. And uh, great teams have have a next man up mentality, and uh, you're going to have to have those those holes filled if you're going to ex- expect to sustain success uh, when you're playing a tough schedule week in and week out. Speaking of depth, how did you think uh, Romney played? Oh, I, I mean, <laughs> I honestly am just so so impressed by Baylor and the way that he uh, handles himself, the way he carries himself, uh, the, the poise that he plays with. Uh, I saw it in a little bit in 2019. I saw it a little bit in 2020 last year, and as you see it again this year. And whenever his number is called, he's ready to go. And he might look a little bit unassuming. You might not, um, upon first glance, think he's going to uh, torch you, but he does very quietly and calmly in his own way. But what impressed me most was his accuracy and and uh, those deep throws down the field that were just on the money. Uh, he, he's an accurate thrower, and, and and he makes good decisions. He, he took great care of the football, extremely high completion percentage, uh, didn't put the ball in harm's way. And and that's, that's I mean as a as a BYU fan that's very promising uh, and encouraging to know that you have uh, two great quarterbacks that can help help you win and no matter who's in you can feel pretty confident um, you know Baylor might not have the the athletic ability that Jaron has but he still made some plays with his feet when he needed to um, but his 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 accuracy and his de- decision making were on full display and I thought he played an amazing game. Yeah, those deep balls you were talking about, there were the times when the receiver didn't break stride at all. The ball just floated down right where <laughs> right yeah. where it was easy to catch right and move on, on. Yeah. So that was impressive. So I want to ask you back about the defense, Tanner. Is it was the weakness in the second half okay, let me give you some choices here. You already talked about the injuries. Was it because of injuries? Was it because the defense got lack of days ago because they were up twenty eight to six? Or uh is it a schematic problem? No, I would say it's it's the, the former, the the depth and the injuries. Uh I think this the the scheme has been great all year long. I mean you look at those first three games, the defense played really well and held their opponents to you know low low scoring games. Um, and, and I don't think it was a matter of effort and being lackadaisical. Um, you know, I, I think Kalani's teams and Coach Tiriaki's teams they, they play hard. They, they play with effort. They run around the field, and and that's not where I think the issue is. But I think it's just in a lack of talent, a lack of um, depth at certain positions. You could just see there was a difference. There was a drop-off in certain um, areas of the field, and it's particularly the defensive front on the D-line, and then also in, in the linebacking core. Um, just, you know, good, still still solid, you know, still good players, but just not quite at the same level that all of, uh, the starters provide. You could just tell in, in, the, in the physicality um, and stuffing the run and containing the quarterback and, and the tackling, it just it wasn't at the same level that it was before. And, um, you know, I, I think it's going to be a, a, an area to watch this next week uh, against Utah State um, and, and Boise State. is the, the, Let's see how those guys improve because they're going to have to. They're going to have to make adjustments. And um, But, I, I, you know, I would be on the lookout for those because I think that that's, to me, that's the, uh, the, the one, I guess, area of concern um, moving forward the rest of the season. 
How did you view the rivalry with Utah State when you were at BYU? Was it a big deal or just another game, or how did you look at it? I, I, it's a big deal, and it's not quite at the level of, of the BYU-Utah rivalry, of course. I think there's just kind of a different element there. It's not quite as intense. Um, but I think in particular where it really, I think, took another – went up another notch was in 2017 when Utah State really began turning things around. They had a great team. They had Jordan Love. They had a couple other guys that went on to the NFL. Um, they, they had a new offensive scheme, and they played fast, and they put up a lot of points. And obviously 2017 was one of the worst years for BYU football. I mean, we, we were bad. We just couldn't get things going. Um, offensively, we were pretty young, and, and just, it wasn't a good year. It was, it was kind of the a perfect storm for BYU um, as far as, you know, Utah State being really good and BYU being really bad. And and they took it to us at, at home. Um, sorry, sorry, this is not, they took it to us on the road uh, in, in, in Logan and, um, you know, just poured it on. And, and it was, it was a tough one to be a part of. I, I was, I had just been injured and, um, and to, to, I guess to see the kind of tide shift, and to see the, um, uh, the the excitement from Utah State side as far as being able to take the wagon wheel back, that um, really kind of gave me another perspective. And then the same thing happened in 2018 when they they came to Provo and beat us again. Um, you know that that you could feel the momentum that is, you could feel the the rival the feeling of the rivalry shift. And I think it's uh, you know recent years it's it's picked up. And and I know uh, last year wasn't Utah State's best year. It was, it was, a, it was a blowout in Logan. Um, no, I'm, I'm losing track of where the games were. It, it was a blowout, but I think this year, um, and, you know, we'll see how it goes. Utah State, I think, is, has turned it around a little bit. They've stepped it up a little bit as compared to last year. Um, but there's definitely some some tension there, and I think guys would be would be lying if they said there wasn't. And while it might not be on the scope of a Utah game it's it's still a big one and people are you know really fighting to keep that wagon wheel um you know they're really fighting for that wagon wheel so all that uh, considering all that you just said what's it like to play uh at Maverick Stadium what uh I mean the fans are pretty into it especially when their team were they three and one so far they yeah they had that uh hiccup against uh Boise State but uh what's that stadium like it's pretty wild isn't it no, the fans are very into it. In 2015, we played there at the end of the season, and they're loud, they're rowdy. It was a cold game with snow banks on the sides of the field, but that uh, didn't stop the fans from coming out and being vocal. I mean, from behind our bench, fans were continually yelling at us throughout the game, uh, talking trash, yelling things at different players. Um, and the student section is rowdy. They they had a they had a, a sign in their student section that I'll always <laughs> that I'll always laugh at. But it said the only cougar I like is Tanner Mangum's mom. And uh, <laughs> I, I I didn't know exactly what they meant by that, but it gave me a good laugh. Um, and and then I, again I mentioned that 2017 game where I mean they were loud, they were rowdy, and of course when with. With, with that being a blowout win for the Aggies, that crowd was was intense and loving it, and you could really get a feel for just how how um, loud and, and supportive they are of their team. So, uh, yeah, it'll be loud the, this this week. It, it always is, and so it'll be a good test for uh, for BYU to go into that environment and and um, you know a, a good challenge ahead for sure. So Tanner, I know your mom. Uh, did you have a conversation with her about that? <laughs> I did. I did. It was. We we both had a good laugh about it. <laughs> or maybe you should have talked to your dad. <laughs> <laughs> Tanner Mangum is with us, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. I uh, want to ask you about Utah's quarterback situation and how that's playing out. Your your thoughts, uh, I mean, talk about Cam Rising, but how it ended for Charlie Brewer as well. Uh, I it's This is a very uh, tough situation, and I think a lot of it comes down to the overall situation that Utah quarterbacks are often put in. Uh, I think Utah in, in years past has had a lot of talented quarterbacks. By talented quarterbacks, I mean 
their ability to play the game, to to throw the ball, to um, read defenses, to make decisions. I think they, they have talent there. But oftentimes the system that the quarterbacks are thrust in and that they're forced to, to play in oftentimes hinders their ability and their talent. Um, and it's a lot of the time comes down to Kyle Whittingham's influence on the offense and his, his coordinators and the way that they choose to play the game. If you look at some of the top teams in the country who have had the most success throughout recent years, they've evolved a lot. Look at Alabama, for example. For a long time, Alabama and most of the SEC were known as defensive juggernauts. They hung their hat on their defensive play. They had very, I would say, slower um, pro style, you might want to call it, because that's, that's kind of how the pros worked for a long time. But even the pros were evolving. Um, they weren't known for having dynamic, explosive, 40, 40, 40 points a game uh, type of offenses. But now you look at Alabama, and they're probably the, the most um, complex, explosive, dynamic, creative um, offenses in the country, and they put up insane points week in and week out. They have amazing talent, but they also have a system in place that pushes the ball downfield, that's up-tempo, that has receivers in unique creative concepts, that allows them to get open and allows the quarterback to really throw the ball all around the field, especially downfield. Going back to Utah, they haven't evolved. They haven't moved away from their system that they always run, that's just very conservative, a lot of run, not a lot of down-the-field passing, very uh, basic vanilla concepts, nothing that's, nothing that's very, um, uh, I guess, complex. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's fairly straightforward. And Utah has, has always had good defenses that helps them win games, that helps them um, get turnovers, gives offenses favorable field position. They've always had great special teams. But their offense has never been um, super explosive or high scoring. And, and I think it's, it's continually being exposed, and this is another example of that. Regardless of who they have in a quarterback, whether it's Charlie Brewer or Cam Rising, the system is holding them back. The, their overall style of play is not allowing them to be in positions to succeed, to put on to put up points and win games. And I think they've they've been able to hide it in years past with, like I said, defensive play, special teams play, and pretty good talent. You know, they they have they've had great talent which some which can sometimes mask bad systems. But in this year I think their their talent isn't as good and so their system is really being exposed. So how does a quarterback feel about that, Tanner? Because I know there was a year there when you were at BYU when it seems like the offense got real conservative. Does that is that frustrating for a quarterback? I mean, how do you handle that? No, hundred percent. I mean, I played in three different offenses at BYU with Robert and I, um, Ty Denver, and Jeff Grimes, and and you know the systems changed a lot and so I, I got a taste for different systems and, and, and how, how they work and how they fit with different skill sets and different uh, types of talent and it's very frustrating when things get when things get conservative or when things get um, slow or predictable or vanilla um, you need offenses need um, tempo and that's why I, I mentioned the pro game, the pro game is changing too the program has evolved it, it, it's it's up tempo, much more passing down the field, explosive plays, um, high, higher scoring games. Offenses have the advantage, and and the the college game is, has reflected that. The program's reflecting that, and it's it, not only is it more effective, but it's it's more fun. Uh, it allows you to to play loose. I mean that. 2015 team that I was a part of was 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 a lot of fun because it was it was up tempo. We got no huddle. We throw the ball a lot. Um, you know, had had great receivers and good good good, good offensive line, and when you have all those pieces together, you, you can see success. Um, but uh, it, it, that's why I, I I talk about a quarterback is only as good as the supporting cast around him, and a big important element of a supporting cast is a system that allows the players to succeed. That that where the players know what they're doing, it puts them in in good positions. Their creative concepts that that help them get open and allow the quarterback to make easy reads and easy throws. 
And when you have all those elements together, it works. But when you don't have a good system, even a good quarterback can can look pretty bad. You know who can relate to that right now is a certain quarterback playing for the New York Jets, huh? Yeah, 100%. That is a case in point right there. All right, so Tanner, one last thing i got to run by you is I saw some video over the weekend of a certain daughter of yours who uh, was playing flag football, six years (laughs) old, uh, taking it to the house from the the other side of the field. I mean, and then I heard she also sacked the quarterback. Is is this true? (laughs) This is true, yep. My uh, uh, my six year old had a, had a pretty successful uh, flag football game on Saturday. This is it was her third game, and she she hadn't really done much in the previous weeks. And so it was, it was a lot of fun to see her uh, get better. And as she took one to the house, it was a it, it all like you know I don't remember how long the field is. I think the fields are like fifty yards, but it was you know full fifty yard score. And then the very next drive, yeah, like you said, got a, a sack, pulled the flag uh, right as the, the quarterback was throwing it. Pretty fun. Pretty, yeah, it's pretty fun to coach these kids. Definitely a different experience coaching um, first graders, but she's got, uh, she's got a bright future ahead of her. We'll, we'll see, we'll see what, how she uh, continues to improve. Going, up, going, going up against the boys too, right? Exactly. That's what I was about to say. It's fun seeing her compete against these boys. She's the only girl, one of the only girls in, in the whole league, only girl on her team. And, um, you know, there's been boys like pointing at her who are kind of confused to see a girl on the field. So it's fun to see her kind of take it to him and, and uh, run, run by them and, Leave them in the dust. Good coaching, right? Yeah, That's, That's really, awesome. Good coaching. That's really cool. Yeah, I had to bring that up. Sorry, I'm not. I might be biased there a little bit. <laughs> Just a tad. <laughs> no, it was, tad. it was pretty cool. Thank you, Tanner. We appreciate you, buddy. No, thanks for having me, guys. That's Tanner Mangum uh, with us here on the Big Show. He joins us each and every Monday. We'll get to Frank Dolce coming up next. But joining the show now, our friend Andrew from Wasatch Medical Clinic. Andrew, let's help our listeners with their love lives. Maybe some uh, folks out there struggling a little bit. Yeah, if there is a lack of love in your life recently, if you're struggling with erectile dysfunction, or if you're just not getting the frequency that you used to, Wasatch Medical has helped a lot of guys in your same situation. We use a technology, actually two technologies now, called Wave Therapy, clinically backed by 50 studies to open up and regrow blood vessels. Everybody from Cambridge to the Journal of Sexual Medicine to now one of the biggest hospitals in America, the Cleveland Clinic, has studied uh, and published data on this technology. They've called it the new standard of care for ED. They've called it revolutionary, highly effective and safe at opening up and regrowing blood vessels. And that's really what it's all about. More blood flow in the bedroom, where you want it, when you want it. That's got to be the key, right? Uh, you know, so much goes into uh, treating it with the pill, right? The planning and all that sort of thing. You've got to get that spontaneity back. That's right. I don't think couples really want to put those intimate moments on the calendar, take a pill a few hours ahead of time, skip a meal, go back to the pharmacist, pay the money, and then deal with headaches the next day. This is not a long-term solution, and it becomes kind of a prison sentence as men take more and more of the pill because their body builds up a tolerance. Whereas with the technology at Wasatch Medical, we're talking no chemicals, no side effects. It's treating the root cause problem of the ED and really has helped a lot of guys turn back the clock. 801-901-8000. 801-901-8000. That's the number to call. Get in. See the doctor. Find out if this is going to be a good fit, right? That's right. You can come in and just take the free. We don't mind. It's the assessment exam and blood flow ultrasound with our MD. No charge. You get the gift. This is worth the trip. It produces immediate results in the bedroom. You guys will love it. And uh, today, this is pretty cool. The blood work and testosterone to new patients is free. Uh, I know guys spending a lot of money on that. And it's all no charge. 801-901-8000, 801-901-8000, Wasatch Medical Clinic. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you, Jake. Frank Dolce joins us next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is DJ and PK. 
Joined in studio now by Riley Jensen, football insider, former Aggie quarterback. I know how it works here, PK. You just go with whatever I say. You're kind of like the adversary. You don't really push against people. You just give them a nudge really, really far in the direction they're already going. So if I say you hate Utah State, you're like, oh, yeah, I can't stand those guys. <laughs> you're just like the adversary. Beelzebub in studio. DJ and Lucifer doesn't have the same ring. Sounds like a dangerous show, though. DJ and Lucifer. Yeah, doesn't have the same ring as DJ and PK. It actually, actually it doesn't right. change the show at all. It feels exactly the same. I'm way. a devil. What can I tell you? <laughs> Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 till 10 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Your home for the best college football coverage in Utah. This is your Cougars at 30 update on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Cougars at 30 update. Here's Coach Sataki asked about how a Friday game will impact his team's preparation. We don't do anything on Sunday, so, you know, we'll, we'll uh, do some treatment and stuff like that. But other than that, we'll have to just, we just lose a day of prep. I mean, we, we feel good about our, our things that we can do as a team. We feel good about our foundation on, on what we've done with install. Obviously, we'll have to look at, at, at the field in Utah State because we haven't seen a lot of it other than some of the things that we've seen them when they play games and stuff. They played early this morning, so a lot of our guys watch that game. But other than that, we, we, there's not a lot that we know other than, than the stuff like, that we've seen in, in, on games and highlights and stuff like that. And they have a really good team. I think Blake's doing a good job getting those guys ready. They, they seem to have a lot of new players that came in and fit right into what they want to get accomplished. So a lot of respect to them and their fans. And it's going to be a lot of fun. This update brought to you by the Sonic Grilled Cheeseburger, buttery Texas toast, and 100% pure seasoned beef layered with American cheese. Make it a single or a double for a limited time only. Order online or the Sonic app and save 50%. The Sonic Grilled Cheeseburger. College football coverage in Utah is right here on the Zone Sports Network. We don't quit. Let's go. BYU hits the road to square off against Utah State in Logan as the Cougars look to keep their undefeated dream season alive. Hear every second of every minute of the game on the Zone Sports Network, beginning with the pregame show Friday at 6. You're listening to The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We're hoping to talk to Frank Dolce coming up here. We're going to have a bunch of jazz sound for you in the 5 o'clock hour highlights from Media Day today. A lot of changes, Gordon, in the front office. Some new additions, some promotions, a little bit uh, kind of a reorg, I would say. Sounds like it, yeah, based on what I saw. I thought there was some interesting things that jumped out of me, and we'll get more into this in the 5 o'clock hour. Okay, yeah. A lot of the jazz stuff to go through, like you said. I, I My favorite uh, edition of the day, or at least my favorite job title of the day, Senior Director of Basketball Intelligence. <laughs> that did sound almost nefarious, it's like didn't basketball it? James Bond. Yeah, yeah. I thought the same thing. Are we? St- <laughs> what, what does that mean exactly? I don't know. What's your best guess? I mean, are they... Are they breaking down film and you know providing the information necessary on the best ways to attack an opponent, or are they actually spying on other teams? I don't think that either of those is the actual answer. What is the answer? But, no, I, I mean this is this is we can we can get into the. In fact, we'll get into it a little bit more in the in the five o'clock okay. hour. I think it's. I think they've found kind of their worldwide west kind of role, ah, and we can yes. explain that mm-hmm. uh, coming up uh, 
in a bit. But let's continue the college football conversation. Let's get out to the Smart Rain special guest line. Best of State Award winner Smart Rain is having an end-of-season sale on their irrigation smart controller. Save 50% off each smart controller purchased. Offer available to all commercial property zone listeners. Visit SmartRain.net to schedule a demo today. He's a former Utah quarterback and longtime Utah broadcaster Frank Dolce with us uh, here on the big show. And Frank, thanks for jumping on with us today, uh, even though I'm assuming uh, you're like most of uh, of the Utah community, feeling a little uh, hearts a little heavy today. I'm sure. I know, I, man. It's it's uh, it's nice to be on with you guys, but man, I mean, talk about just a difficult um, difficult thing for the Utah family and for the kids' family, and and again for you know the Jordan family to to have to relive something like this. I mean, it is, it's tragic. It is just tragic on, in many different ways. Frank, I don't know. You said it the only way you can say it. Tragic. Uh, heartbreaking. Uh, what else can you say? I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know. My, I don't know much about the, the circumstances. I, I understand that, uh, uh, he and Ty Jordan were very close, and um, and so that was a meaningful thing for him to represent Ty and to wear his number. And and um, you know, I don't, I certainly don't want to speculate on any of the details. And hopefully, those you know, we'll get some of those details to come out. But it sounded like you know, wrong place, wrong time, sort of scenario. And um, that is just supremely unfortunate. How uh, Gordon and I were talking about this, that uh, it's it's kind of a good thing that there's a bye week here, because I don't know how you put it back together going through something like this during the season. I'm sure it was hard enough with the Ty Jordan thing in in the offseason and before spring ball, spring ball and you have months to kind of put it behind you. How how does how does Utah go on? I guess. Well, this is one of those interesting things about like uh, I think that being being in a team atmosphere is actually the the best way to manage something like this, um, and it's the most it's the best place where you can heal from something like this, and it's the best place where you can rally um, around something like this. Um, and I, and I don't mean rally for the sake of the team. I mean rally for the sake of all the individuals involved who are, who are having a difficult time with this right now. So, I mean, the team atmosphere, this is one of the great things about team sports is that, I mean, everybody can now, now has an opportunity to be together and to express whatever uh, feelings and emotions they're having right now and work through it. And maybe it's helpful to have another week, you know, kind of a week off to work through this issue uh, and then to, and then to try and figure out what the right, you know, how to manage it appropriately going forward and, and what the right path is going forward in terms of how you feel about it and what you want to, you know, what good you want to, to have come from it. So um, personally, a situation like this, I would rather have, I would rather be in, in a group of people who are all kind of on the same boat and we're all going through the same thing. And then we all experience it together and we all work through it together. Well said, Frank, I don't know how you transition from that to talk about football, but uh, let me make the attempt at least. Uh, What did you think about what you saw on the field on Saturday? Well, I thought, uh, you know, first of all, Job one, you know, getting the win, and so that's important for for a Utah team that I think was struggling to figure out how to win a football game. So that's that's a big deal. Defensively, I think Utah took another step forward, um, creating the turnovers, uh, uh, smothering, swarming, kind of defensive effort, an aggressive game plan by uh, Morgan Scally and well executed by a team that uh, had lost a couple players to injury, a couple key players to injury. So that was, 
you know, I think those are all positive things on the, on the defensive side. Uh, I, I, you know, I'm not, I'm a little concerned about, I don't, you know, I don't think Washington state represents the best of the PAC 12. And so, you know, I, although I think Utah took a step forward defensively, uh, it's, that's, that's not going to be the best of the best that they face this year in the Pac-12. So certainly work to do still on, on that side of the ball. Offensively, uh, I, I mean, I don't know what we were hoping for out of Cam Rising, but he looked, uh, you know, I, I think after the performance against San Diego State, everybody had this expectation he was going to come in and he was going to, you know, throw five touchdowns and complete 70% of his passes and, you know, I, I think we were hoping for all of those things. It didn't. It clearly didn't materialize, and and he looked uh, a little out of sorts at times. Um, the penalties, I mean, not the penalties, the turnovers are. I mean, it's just to the point of becoming maddening if you're a Utah fan to watch this team put the ball on the ground. And and Hans and I had a nice conversation about the game afterwards, and. And I, I said, and Hans kind of thought as well that, you know, if Utah doesn't have those three turnovers, uh, you're probably looking at at least, you know, 10 more points, probably 14 more points for Utah in that game. And then on the offensive side, you're looking at, you know, kind of a lopsided win, and you think, oh, okay, well, Utah has it figured out offensively. Coming out of this week, I still don't think Utah has it figured out offensively. If, if what we got out of Utah, kind of the last quarter of the game, where Pledger was running over people and picking up big chunk yardage on the ground, and Utah was dominant at the line of scrimmage and, and had this efficiency in the passing game, and Rising was using his legs. I mean, if that's the team, if that's the offensive team we're going to get for the rest of the season, then Utah's in really good shape. If the team that we're going to see for the rest of the season is the team that performed for the first three and a half quarters, then Utah still, there's still a lot of work to do on the offensive side. And, and there's still work to do at the offensive line of scrimmage. Even in this game, you know, substitutions were made. They still haven't been able to settle on a starting five. And I think that's uh, my biggest concern about Utah offensively coming off of this, this, this week, even though it's a win. What would you think about USC getting roughed up by the Beavs over the weekend and giving up 300 yards plus on the ground? Man. Brutal. Well, US, USC is clearly a team on its heels. Uh, I, I mean, I still think they're super talented. To me, that's an any given Saturday team. Like, any given Saturday, they'll put that talent together and, and they'll be able to win a game. But it doesn't look like a team – that is kind of moving in the right direction. Um, and then they go and face a team that under really good direction is moving in the right direction. So Oregon State, my thought about Oregon State was, hey, USC looks pretty beatable at the Coliseum, but Utah also has to face Oregon State. And I don't think we want to take on the beeves at this point. I mean, that team looked like fantastic played hard defensively created turnovers on the defensive side harassed the quarterback Slovis never got to a comfort level and then on the offensive side I mean that was just like that was fun to watch I mean a quarterback who just looked stood tall in the pocket delivered the football downfield on time on target and and a running game that was menacing against a talented USC defense. So huh, the thing I took out of it is USC looks beatable, and I don't know that we really want to face Oregon State. That's a team that looks like they are on the right track. So what about the South? Who do you think uh, – what's going to happen down there? I mean, which of those teams do you like? <laughs> Nobody. <laughs> Every team in the South is beatable. Every team in the South is – like, I don't look at one team. Arizona State, who everyone's picking now as number one in the South, is a very beatable football team. Maybe they just haven't played their best game, but, but I think that they have, have looked um, maybe above average at best. They don't, it doesn't look like a team that's playing in, in, in sort of any sort of unison right now. UCLA 
maybe they're the best team in the South, but they took that loss against Fresno State, and so that's people think that's kind of a funny loss out of after beating LSU. Uh, maybe Fresno State, and I think Fresno State's pretty good. I mean, that, let's just make that point. Fresno State's pretty darn good football team, but but you still think UCLA should come out of that one, um, and so maybe UCLA is the best best team. And then who do you pick third? Is it USC or is it Utah or is it? Yeah, I think it's probably one of those two, USC or Utah in the third spot, third and fourth spot, and both of those teams clearly beatable, not not you know operating on all cylinders yet. And then Arizona can't you know I, they they just may not win a game, um, and 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 maybe Colorado Colorado figures out a way a way to win a game. So I mean that's that's how I would see it. You have top your top four teams in the South. Any one of those guys could finish up on top. I mean, I just don't. There's, I don't think there's any real clear separation out of any of those four. They're all beatable, and then, and then the bottom two. You know, every. I think everybody. Maybe one of the. Maybe they rise up and 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 win one of those games. But the bottom two are just going to be the bottom two. So, the South just. It, it looks. I don't know. It looks kind of. Looks kind of funny to me, if you ask. Thanks as always, Frank. We appreciate you dropping by. Hey, man, it's great to talk to you guys. Really appreciate it. I hope you have a great week. Back at you. That's our friend Frank Dolce jumping on the show, talking a little Utah football. Yep. Nice I don't know who the best team in the South is, and I don't know who the worst team in the South is, but I know who's battling for the bottom, that's for sure. <laughs> you like those Wildcats? You like those buffs? I think the, the battle for the bottom is pretty clear <laughs> With two contenders. <laughs> that could be the most competitive of all, right? <laughs> Who's going to be the worst? <laughs> I don't know. Exciting. Exciting stuff. I don't know. We've got the Not Sports Port coming up next. Stay tuned. It's Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It's game week for the Cougars. And the Zone Sports Network is getting you ready for kickoff. It ain't over till it's over. Kalani Sataki and BYU take their undefeated record to Logan for a showdown against the Aggies. Listen all week for your chance to win tickets to the game and then catch all the play-by-play action beginning with a Cougar preview show. Friday at 6 on 97.5 FM with a post-game show immediately following the game. From Monday morning to the post-game press conference, nobody brings you better coverage of Cougar football than 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Your home for the best college football coverage in Utah. This is your Utes at 50 update on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Utes at 50 update. Here's Coach Witt uh, giving his thoughts on his defense after the Washington State game. I thought the defense played outstanding. You know, you look at the numbers and really good defensively, 318 yards. That's not like a lot of yards in this day and age of football. That's uh, in fact, we'll probably lead the Pac-12 if we could do that every week. So nice job by the defense. Uh, great pick by Devin Lloyd. That was an outstanding individual play by Devin. Uh, we got after the quarterback, which is a plus. We hadn't done a lot of that this year, and uh, we really did a nice job. Uh, I see seven, eight sacks here. So that's a, a whole complete turnaround from what we had been doing in the first three, and that needed to happen. And so the Havoc play on defense, sacks, takeaways were up. When that number's up, we usually had a pretty good outing. That's an indicator of that. Subday brought to you by Marley's Gourmet Sliders. Whether it's the classic Rickster Killer, Handsome Rob, Pastrami, Fajita, a killer breakfast burrito, and don't forget the best shoestring fries out there. Marley's Gourmet Sliders will satisfy any hunger just off 515 inside Tippinogas Harley-Davidson. That's Marley's. this out. And now, your Not Sports Report on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Don't it's big show. It's time to get a winner for the Chevy Strong Play of the Game. Be caller 12 right now, 855-340-ZONE. Correctly identify the Chevy Strong Play of the Game announced by DJ and PK this morning at 8.50. And you'll win his own prize pack. It's the Chevy Strong Play of the Game brought to you by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers. Only here on the Zone Sports Network. Time for the Not Sports Report brought to you by the LHM Used Car Supermarket. Over 1,000 used vehicles and inventory. Check them out online, lhmusedcars.com. Gordon, where are we going today? Well, I was going to do a uh, a report on 
the number of households in the U.S. who do not have, which do not have uh, indoor plumbing. Okay, but I said not to do that. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I'm dwell glad. on that. Good. And, and the the weird thing about it was, you think of rural areas, uh-huh. right? But apparently, uh, the, the bigger problem is in metropolitan areas. Okay, big cities. Uh, and Salt Lake was like twenty something on the list. So they said that Salt Lake has. Uh, let me see here, eighteen hundred and eight households without. Indoor plumbing. Hmm. So that's something maybe someone can work on to make better. But on a lighter topic, has anyone ever told you you look like somebody other than Spicoli? Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah, like uh, like that old Utah offensive coordinator, Utah State offensive coordinator. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. right. You guys, Coach Yost. Yeah. You guys did look alike. Oh, and, and Ellen DeGeneres. And I've been compared to Ellen DeGeneres. That's true. Anybody else? That's probably about it. Austin? Uh, no, I, I get Stanley Tucci sometimes, but not a lot. It's hard when you're bald and white. You look like everybody. Well, <laughs> I, I think you have a distinctive look. Someone recently told me you look like Nick Cage. Oh, I've heard that and I've one seen, before. I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I've heard that before, too. Well, the reason I bring it up is there's a fellow over in England who looks just like Ed Sheeran. Just like him. And that's saying something, because Ed Sheeran, you don't see that everywhere. But this guy looks, his name is Ty Jones, and he, he let me show you a picture. Does this look like Ed Sheeran or not? Sure, I guess. It looks just like him. But I mean like Gordon, go to go to Vegas. There's an Elvis impersonator on every corner. <laughs> well, and yet we don't get stories like, hey, this guy looked just like Elvis. I don't want to hear crap about whether it's a story or not, but this guy says that he uh <laughs> well, on the one hand, I don't feel that sorry for him because he does make appearances. To look like yes, uh, look I'm sure like, he does. But he said that he can't go anywhere without people chasing him down. He should absolutely so, exploit that for all its. Oh time. yeah, it's yeah. a curse. The best restaurants. It's ever. a curse Everything. and a blessing. Yeah. Do you think he should do it? Because that'd probably be illegal, wouldn't it? To claim that you're Ed Sheeran if you're caught. Well, and he doesn't need to claim anything. Just don't clear it up. That's when a good point. When everybody makes the assumption that is Ed Sheeran. That looks just like Ed Sheeran. I'm telling you. He would so, get away with it for his whole life, Jake. He said he's not a particularly uh, ambitious person. He Neither is Ed to, Sheeran. He wanted to work on a fishing boat, you know, or something. But now, since people started thinking he was Ed Sheeran, suddenly he kind of is Ed Sheeran. And the good news is if they ask you to sing to prove it, Ed Sheeran sucks at singing anyway. Oh, so. I think he's very talented. But. Overrated, but <laughs> it's like every band from England. Oh, he <laughs> and Sharon is. A oh, they talk guy. like this, so they must be good at music. He's, he's a talented dude. Anyway, the Beatles are the most overrated band in history. Anyway, so everywhere he goes, he says it's 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 a mixed bag. On the one hand, he gets treated like a celebrity. On the other hand, people are like chasing him on the street. So is this is it a blessing or is it a curse? Depends on how you play it, man. I'd say a blessing. <laughs> make some money off of it? Is that right. Well, he make some money or you probably land a date or two, I bet. He's taking, uh, well, someone, he said that uh, many women think he's just a tad bit better looking. See? So so now he's taking guitar lessons. <laughs> he's taking guitar lessons and he's yeah. trying to learn to sing like Ed. So there you have it. I, I, I bet a lot of our listeners out there, there's someone, if you think about it, there's someone that people think you look like that's famous. Let's get out of the zone phone. Joining us now from Wasatch Medical Clinic, he's our friend Andrew Reinhardt. Andrew, let's help our listeners might be uh, dealing with ED. Yes, let's help those guys. If you're out there suffering with ED, there's like a 60% chance, I think I read, that you're suffering in silence. That's a big deal. You're probably just kind of accepted this as the new normal. Uh, And you don't have to. The acoustic wave technology that we use at Wasatch Medical, two forms and 50 studies now, 
that have tested this technology on men, young and old, severe ED and mild, and shown that it regrows and opens up blood vessels. If you think about it, erectile dysfunction is a blood flow problem. We correct it, and I'll tell you the ripple effects that take place in a person's relationship, the intimacy levels when we get this fixed. It is incredible, particularly when the pill is no longer on the table. Yeah, I bet, you know, it's it's funny. Well, not funny, I guess, not funny at all, but what guy's been putting up with uh, with the pill and uh, heaven forbid the injections or the other treatments that have been out there, you know, I, I get why you want to stop doing that. Right. The pill can uh, create a temporary rush of blood uh, for some guys, but it's not targeted, so it's a rush of blood in your whole body. So you end up with a headache, and then you end up with bloodshot eyes and blurred vision. And then the body builds up a tolerance and it stops, uh, the pill stops working. Our treatments, no chemicals, no pills. I've never heard of or read about a side effect. This is all natural and restorative in nature. Think about how the blood used to flow in your younger years. That is what we can accomplish. 801-901-8000, 801-901-8000. Get on the schedule, come in, see if this is going to be a good fit, right? Yeah, and uh, probably hundreds of dollars, maybe even thousands of dollars in value. The assessment exam and blood flow ultrasound is free. The gift that produces immediate results in the bedroom is free. And blood work and testosterone even to our patients is free. A lot of value today. 801-901-8000, Wasatch Medical Clinic. Thanks, Andrew. Thank you, Jake. All right, we're going to get uh, deep into Jazz Media Day sound coming up in the 5 o'clock hour. Stay tuned, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. The head coach at BYU, Kalani Sataki. I got to tell you, Coach, if I would have had these built bars when we were at BYU, I would have got better grades. You know, Hans, whenever I hear the word hangry, I think the definition of it should be your picture because when you were in college and you were hungry, you were probably the worst guy to hang out with, and we just knew that to throw you something to eat and you would be in a better mood. Imagine if you would have just had all these protein bars available to you. You would never have a day of being angry at all. You had a great grades and you would have had a great experience overall because we know one thing. When Hans is hungry, watch out. Everybody tread lightly. I'm hungry! Hans and Scotting. Weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. 